to this, the first episode of Theology and Perspective Podcast. My name is Ronnie, and I'm here with Christian, who is the brains behind this entire thing. Hey, everybody. How we doing today? So uh, today, we just kind of wanted to, uh, you know, kind of introduce ourselves, uh, let you guys know who we are, what we want to do. So Christian, t- tell us what what exactly is the Theology and Perspective Podcast. So, the Theology and Perspective Podcast. We um, we notice that there's a lot of things that are just not discussed in the church today. Um, we can go over things like homosexuality. Of course, that is discussed, but it's a very sensitive subject. And a lot of Christians, we feel, don't necessarily approach it the right way. So, what we are wanting to do is, you know, maybe help develop or help other Christians develop a right way of, you know, approaching it, approaching the subject. Kind of like some of the more controversial topics. Sure, Um, sure. Kind of like, uh, I'll give a shout out, even though I don't listen to it, the uh, the Bad Christian Podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, We were actually listening to an episode of that before we got started here where they were talking about sex toys. Yes, U-shaped sex toys, actually. So um, I don't know if we'll get that graphic. I don't know like if you want to get that graphic, but I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe sometime in the distant future when this thing gets... Right, right. Yeah, well, we we really, like, as far as I'm concerned, one of my goals personally here is to kind of bring light to theological issues that really don't get touched on very much. Right. Um, People are afraid to discuss these issues. Uh, I'm glad you brought up homosexuality because that's just one that, like, it's because of the cultural revolution around it, the church is now afraid to touch it at all. Yes. And it's like, I, I do believe the church has, has hit it wrong in the past, mm-hmm. but now they don't want to address it at all. And I and I absolutely agree with you. Sorry for the interruption there. Oh, that's good. But uh, I, I agree that the, the church, there has been a whole cultural revolution surrounding it right now. And I think part of that reason is because of religious people. Um what can we as a church do differently would be something along those lines of what we could do differently is, you know, instead of holding a white picket sign, why don't we show a little bit more love right? and expose love or expose truth in love? Right. And that's actually going to be our topic for today. Yes, uh, sir. Before we actually get into that, though, like Christian, tell us a little bit about you. Like who who is Christian? Who is Christian? Well, that's a very... Uh, Detailed subject there, but I'll try to put it in a nutshell as much as possible. Um, I was born in 1992, Danbury, Connecticut. Um, Mother couldn't find a name, a a boy's name anyways. So one day in her car, she said she was just, you know, like, God, what is a good name for a boy? (laughs) And she wasn't, you know, she's she's not the most perfect person. None of us are. And but she said, out of nowhere, the name Christian came out. So She named you what she, she wanted you to be. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Son of God from the get-go, I guess. <laughs> what we all? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, I got I came to faith in Jesus about 2008 during the summertime. I was at Chaco Springs, uh, Talladega, Alabama. It was a Christian camp. And uh, my it was with my aunt. And I was acting like a delinquent, cussing and everything like that. Um we just, you know, my aunt saw how how rebellious I was acting, and she was like, you know, if you died tonight, where would you be right now? And I thought I was a Christian back then. I had a belief in God, but there was no form of godliness. And so I didn't know that I was supposed to know that I was going to heaven. But uh, I, uh, she's like, you know, 
if you if you were truly saved, you would know, and you would be going on your way to heaven right now. Uh, it's not looking that way. <laughs> and so I thought about that for a good little while. Went to uh, the, the little sermon, the night service, and uh, in the guy's sermon, he, uh, he popped the same question. If you died right now, where would you be? And I took that as uh, God sending me a sign, and uh, I stood up and received Christ right then and there. So, well, you know, it, it, isn't it funny? Like we, I feel like sometimes there's some people, and I know I'm guilty of it. So that's the reason why I'm going to say, you know, I'm sure I'm going to use uh, something that Brother Rob, the church that me and Christian go to, always says, like, I'm sure all you listening are more spiritual than me on this. But <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I think we get tired of hearing, you know. If, if, if you died right now, where, where are you going to go? But sure. at the same time, like that's such a powerful statement. statement. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we can't underestimate that it comes to those that aren't in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just powerful, man. Right. It's powerful. Right. Now, call it Christianese, like Pastor Rob calls it, if you will. If you died right now, where would you be? Right. That kind of thing. So, yeah, it, looking back on it, it seems like a little bit of a cliche right now. Um, but. I don't know. God uses cliches. Yeah. And that, that works. God uses whatever. He God uses, uses whatever he wants to use. That's right. That is perfectly right. So, so uh, well, who is Christian theologically then? Like what, what makes Christian different? Like why does, why is Christian on the, the theology and perspective podcast? Why is Christian on the theology and perspective podcast? Well, I'm a kind of a complex person when it comes to theology. All theology is very complex, but, uh, I don't necessarily always claim a camp, per se. I've been in Pentecostal churches. I've been in Baptist churches. I've been in, well, mostly those. But I've been in Word of Faith churches, believe it or not. And I've also been part of the Calvinist camp for a little while. So a little bit of a contradiction sometimes. I know Calvinists don't really like Word of Faith people, but, you know, it (laughs) is what it is. A little bit of that charismatic, a little bit of Calvinist. Yeah, a little bit of in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't think that's that's really that unusual anymore. I mean, it still yeah. is. Like, it's yeah. it's not common. Right. Um, but you see a lot of Calvinists that believe in gifts of the Spirit and stuff like that Absolutely. nowadays. Um, you still get people, uh, Lord, I can't think of his name, but the guy who just recently, like, made a huge attack on the charismatic movement as being right. Calvinist, hyper-Calvinism. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, well, we won't name, but I know right. who you're talking about. And, and the thing is, I don't want to, like, I don't want to sound like I'm being negative towards you, but it's Calvinist. Like, we're all in this together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we, I think we've got some Calvinists who like the fan page on Facebook, actually. Yeah, so, there you go. You know, we, we love Calvinist people, and I, I love Calvinist theology still. Um, whether I have disagreements or not is one thing, but we we all love Jesus. Is that's the ultimate goal is to love Jesus and to have His love more importantly shine through us. Right, and and isn't that kind of what this is about? Like you know, at the end of the day, like we sometimes get muddled up in the details that cause our denominational divisions. Yes, but at the end of the day, like if Jesus is the foundation. If that's, you know, as long as we believe in the blood of Christ, as long as we believe that Jesus is the only way, right? you know, that's what's important. Like all the details, once saved, always saved versus can lose faith right. or lose salvation. Like those, those things are semantics and details surrounding the gospel. They're not the gospel themselves. Right. They're just, you know, theology is formed around theology. Right. Right. Uh, so I'm going to introduce myself real quick. Uh, I'm Ronnie. Uh, I'm in my early 30s. I'm not going to give you the exact year. Uh, but 
you know, I grew up in North Mississippi. Um, I actually grew up a Campbellite. Campbellite. Yeah. And I wouldn't, wouldn't, Alexander Campbell. Can, oh, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Church of Christ. Church. Uh, <laughs> so definitely, uh, you know, it, I grew up feeling, I mean, I really kind of grew up feeling that the Church of Christ was kind of a cult. You know, if we got any better social Church of Christ, like, you know, sorry, I'm not trying to exclude you or make you feel bad. That was just my personal experience. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it really just rubbed me wrong. Um, we'd go to church camp every summer and I always felt like the outsider because I looked different. I acted different. Right. I didn't fit into their little box that they had. And, uh, you know, it just uh, eventually it got to me to the point to where um, I just didn't want to be a part of the church anymore. I didn't want to be a part of Christianity anymore. Right. And so uh, I eventually became agnostic uh, and spent several years right. agnostic. So uh, at that point, like, uh, you know, it was just one day I was working at a restaurant. I was actually managing. And uh, this big seven foot two guy, Dale, came in. <laughs> Dale. And I'd known Dale from whenever I was in high school. I went to school with his sons and uh, talked to him. And he invited me to church. Um, Good dude. Good and dude. so uh, at the time, I, I kind of just brushed it off. I acted like it wasn't that important, but I decided to go. And uh, I walked into that church building agnostic and walked out under the blood of Christ. There we go. Um, and all it took was somebody's boldness. Uh, they had communion that way. Right. And again, I grew up Church of Christ. Like, communion is super important. Like, they talk about it all the time. They're like, you know, if you're not a Christian, you don't take communion. So I was like, you, I'm not going to take communion. If you're not a Christian, you don't get any of this grape juice. I'm sorry. Right. So here I was, and I'm like, hey, I'm not going to take communion because I'm not a Christian. Right. And I had this guy come up to me while the service is still going on. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, man, why didn't you take communion? <laughs> well, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> and so the guy, his exact words were, well, here's water. Why not be baptized? And it was just like, I, I look back now and I see that the Holy Spirit was like constantly like trying to get a hold of me through all the, these years of me being agnostic. Right. And it was that one thing, that one, that thing. one phrase that allowed the door to just open. And the Holy Spirit just came in and was like, okay, I live here now. So get over it. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. and isn't it crazy how the Holy Spirit can just use the littlest thing sometimes? Again, we were talking about little, little phrases. Right. Even little gestures sometimes, it'll it'll just move some. It'll move the world for us sometimes. I know that it did for me. Yeah, and it seems like it did that for you, Ronnie. And uh, I can definitely. P.S. Dale, we we love you. Right, Dale is amazing. You're you're a good man, Dale. You're a good godly man. You're a good example. So if you're listening, once we get this uploaded, you're yeah. a good man, and we love you very much. Right, and so uh, give you a little bit. I want uh, before we get into our topic with LGBT. Um, I kind of want to lay a breadcrumb here. I want anybody that's listening to this, like when you hear this, I want you to go on our Facebook page and I want you to disagree with me. Absolutely. Because what I'm about to drop here is okay. going to be, is going to be, some people are going to be like, what? Wait a second. That's weird. Right. Right. Um, so when you hear this and you hear, and you, th you think, I cannot believe that there's somebody on a Christian podcast saying this. Go on our Facebook page and say, Ronnie, I disagree with you. Everybody be prepared. Evolution did happen. I'm going to get on that Facebook page right now. 
I'm just going to have to get on that Facebook page right now, and I think I might have to disagree. But in the right. same time, at the same time, this is the theology and perspectives. Perspectives is very important here. Um, so what? one of my goals for this podcast here is that we want to hear your voice. And we all have a voice here. We believe in foundational theology, sure. But we want to hear perspective as well. Right. And either to maybe change our mind on something, hopefully it's to something that's a little more theologically sound, or if we're, if we consider ourselves to be apologists or something like that, maybe develop a, a, an apology around that. Right. You know, a defense, so to speak, but not what, what we don't want to do is argue. Right. Um, and that's, and that's the thing. Like if you want to hear an episode about creationism and, here are different perspectives on that. That's the reason why I bring it up. Because I want to know from you guys, is that something you want to hear about? And I'm gonna, we're going to judge that based on how many people go on the Facebook page and say, Ronnie, I disagree with you. Awesome. Because awesome. Uh, at the end of the day, I have a very controversial creation belief system. Now, just as a, just as a sort maybe a little rabbit hole here, uh, Ronnie, what, what, what is your nutshell explanation behind what you're saying here? Okay, so basically... Um, I, you know, when you look at Genesis chapter one and two, you have Genesis chapter one, which is the seven day creation process. And obviously you can't see it, but I did air quotes for the seven days because I don't believe the language in Hebrew supports that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's a seven era creation process. But uh, on day six, God creates man. And then in Genesis chapter two, it talks about the creation of Adam and Eve. Right. Well, that right there supports like Hebrew. The Hebrew literature did not do flashbacks, so man was created before Adam and Eve. But then, if you go back and you look at like the era creation process, uh, it looks like it could follow an evolutional lineage. And at the end of the day, science and faith both have to line up because of the fact sure. that sure. God created the universe. God created the laws of the universe. God created the universe to operate a certain way. And if we can see within that universe the evidence of its operation, who are we to deny that that's the way it operates? That's a fair explanation, I would say. But one thing I, I would have to question, though, is uh, when it says when you say that um, create or the word of God and science have to line up, uh, wouldn't creationism kind of wouldn't we have to take the lead on that just because that's what the word says with science in mind and the the whole idea of Science having to line up with it, but having having God take the lead on that, so to speak. Right. Um, I think that is a great question for if we have to go to a full episode. So okay. I'm going to tell you what, let's leave it at a cliffhanger. I know some people are like, oh, he's not he's not willing to answer that. No, I absolutely have an answer for it. I won the debate, y'all, just so you yeah, know. He won the, no, <laughs> I have an answer for that. But um, I, I, the thing is, is we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger for that one. Uh, because I want to see how many people actually want this, because it'll be a great episode if we get to do it. It will. It will, indeed. I'll have to study a little bit more, so it may be about five or ten episodes in. But <laughs> right. uh, but let us know. Let us know by saying, Ronnie, I disagree with you on the Facebook page. Absolutely. Please, please, please have all the input that you want on the <laughs> podcast. We invite it. So please do. Right. So, today. Today. We want to talk about LGBTQ+. Let's do it. So, Christian, what's your stance on it? Is homosexuality a sin? I believe homosexuality is a sin. That being said, the church 
And being as white picket cultured as we are about homosexuality, we've been doing it wrong, I believe. A lot of churches, I would say, especially churches that are more into legalism and uh, perfectionism, so to speak. Um, I, I don't believe that we've been necessarily going about it in the right way. Um, okay. We have one thing that we have to understand as the church is that we can't force people to do things that we believe just because we believe it, because we believe that it, it it's the truth. Some people have to be loved into truth. Right. Um, and love isn't going to be forcing something down people's throats. Um, I remember in New Life Bible College, the, <laughs> the Word of Faith Bible College that I went to a few years back, um, my good friend and, you know, one of my mentors actually, uh, Carter Check, he was teaching a class. He would always say that if Jesus were here right now, what would he be doing? Do you picture Jesus at an LGBT parade saying, you know, holding that white picket sign saying God hates fags and other things like that? Or would we be seeing Jesus at a water stand handing out free water to people that are hot or maybe even free hot cocoa? Well, I think we have the answer that, that scripturally. Let's go I think we absolutely do. Um, man, I wish I could remember. It's in Matthew. But you have the uh, the centurion who came to Jesus and said, will you heal my servant? Now, servant is the English word. But in Greek, that word is palos or something like that. There may be some Greek scholars who skewer me on the pronunciation on that. But, right. but that word is very much a word for a male lover. Right. And Jesus doesn't go... Well, you need to stop living in sin before I'll heal your servant. Absolutely. He doesn't go, you got to stop being gay before I'll heal your servant. No. He commends the centurion's faith because when he says, okay, let me come to your house and heal your servant. It's like, no, I have faith enough that you'll do it Mm -hmm. without even going. And then Jesus sets him up as an example of faith. Right. You know, and so so what that that tells me, you know, is uh, that your sexuality is not a prerequisite to faith. Right. Now, you know, I, as far as like whether being gay is a sin or not, that's not an argument I get into. Um, I just don't, don't oh, we will. enough. We uh, will. Well, I, I just, you know, it's, it's one of those that I'm kind of iffy on. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, it's just like if you're a porn addict, you can have faith. Right. So why is it any different for this gay centurion or right. a gay man or a gay woman today or a transsexual man or a transsexual woman today. Your, your sexuality is not a prerequisite to faith. Right. right. And I can agree with that. Just like definitely purity is not a prerequisite because what does the Bible say that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in this is the love of Christ. It's the death of Christ is pretty much the re- prerequisite to our repentance, to our faith. Because apart from the death of Christ, apart from the cross, and apart from the blood being shed on our behalf, and Jesus drinking the wrath of God on our behalf, there there is no other way. Right. There is no other way to biblical purity or things like that. Because even if, even if we try to do righteous and try to do right by the rules of the Bible, so to speak, do right by the Ten Commandments, what does the Bible say? That all of our righteous acts are dirty rags yeah. to the Father. And so, Jesus dying on the cross is the ultimate prerequisite, I would say. 
Yeah. So all of that. He fulfilled the prerequisites. He fulfilled the prerequisites. Yeah. So we 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 that's the whole point of the veil being torn. You know, for those yeah. that don't know, with the uh, you know at crucifixion with the veil being torn, that was everybody is open to come to the holy of holies to come stand directly before the Father. Right. There is no prerequisite to it except that Jesus died, and so. You know, the fact that you have churches that close doors to gay people or right. disfellowship them or excommunicate them, whatever your, your terminology is on that, that to me is antichrist. I agree. That's that's legalism. Now, what I will say, you know, they, while the, whole, the Holy of Holies is opened and the, we all have an invitation, uh, or if you're Calvinist, the, the ones who were chosen before the foundations of the world— in their sin or whatever like that, we have a we have a way to the holy of holies. Now there there are some prerequisites to faith, though. Am I right? Uh, prerequisites include repentance, repentance and belief. Right. Repent of your sins, a change of mind towards your sin, and go and believing in Jesus Christ and the work that He did on the cross. Right, and that's where the ch- the true change comes in. Who. The Bible says in Ezekiel 36 that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And now I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And you will be my people and I will be your God. Right. Well, the, the question for that then is, you know, if, it, you know, if, we're, gonna, if we're going to look at that in the, the light of the LGBT community, right? Well, we all have perpetual and continuous sin because we're never, you know, and I know there's some people that disagree with us, but we're never promised that our sinful nature is going to be taken away until after we die. After we, sure. after we escape this earthly existence. Right. So all of us have sins that continue in our lives. So right. at the end of the day, like, how does that apply to the LGBT community? Because... You know, do you still look up porn? That I do. I'm okay. not even gonna. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna front about it. Honesty is one of our staples here, right? So yes, I confessionally and not to air all of my dirty laundry out there. Yes, I've. I'm guilty of watching. And I didn't put you in the, oh, oh, in the spotlight there. That's, like, fine. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm yeah, okay. With I, do, I know I do. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like is, you know. The fact that even though I've repented of that multiple times mm-hmm. and I've tried to turn away from it and my fleshly desires still pull me back towards it, even though I'm in Christ, like, mm-hmm. do we put that, are we putting more judgment on the gay person who continues to have a same sex sexual relationship? Right. Are we putting more emphasis on that than on our own struggles. Now that would, I would, I would consider it to be kind of maybe a gray area. Um, one thing after coming to faith, the true, one of the true evidences of a true believer is not that he's repented once, but that he's repented multiple times. And that's for all of us. Uh, I would, uh, that, that was a quote from Paul Washer, by the way, if you guys listen to Paul Washer, he's an incredible, incredible preacher. Uh, very theologically sound, very foundational. Um, one thing, though, that I would add to that is one of the evidences is not just a heart of repentance, but the very foundation of that would be change. Right. Um, the heart of change, anyways. Uh, if we're a true believer, we're going to desire the things 
that God has given to us in his word. Um, the Bible seems to be very adamant about, you know, homosexuality being a, a sin and things like that. And again, this is not this is not a podcast about preaching against homosexuality. This is for us as believers. But upon the coming to repentance, it's not just grace doesn't turn into legalism. What what grace does is gives us a new heart. It it has mercy on us whenever we've messed up and failed because we're going to have those same fleshly desires at times. I know I desire to watch porn a lot. And I'm not. I'm going to be completely honest here as well. I'm not a virgin, right? Um, I've been celibate for about a year, but uh, <laughs> it's it's been a hard road because I, <laughs> I get I get pulled towards things, and I, you know, just to I guess go on another little bit of a rabbit trail here. Uh, you, you, I get pulled uh, pulled towards things that are sexual. Um, I got a very primal desire to procreate, so uh, you know, right. Sometimes, sometimes it, it's very, very, very hard. So uh, th- there's definitely no judgment there. But at the same time, in coming back to Christ after backsliding for four years, that's another story. Right. Um, after coming back to Jesus, God's given me a new heart towards those things that I was doing. Um, I don't want to be sexually impure anymore. Um, at, at the heart of it, I think. Right. I think it would be the right term. Maybe not. But there's a desire placed in me to, for, for godliness and to desire the kingdom of God. So maybe it's not about so much what God is against, but what God is for in us. Right. Um, go ahead. Well, one thing, one thing I want to kind of hit there is, you know, when, when I first came to Christ, uh, there were sins in my life that I wasn't examining as a young Christian. Right. That over time, the Holy Spirit has illuminated and has convicted me of. Right. And those are things that early on in my walk may have been things that I wasn't ready for. Right. And so I feel like that can be the same thing for the LGBT community is... You know, I don't, you know, I believe that there can be a gay Christian. Okay. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, I had, uh-oh. He's so giving every, me this look right now like, uh, all right, All right, Facebook warriors, just be prepared to say you disagree with Ronnie again on that. <laughs> they're, they're, like, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's going to be the the, top, the thing here. It's like every week, just I disagree, Ronnie. But uh, <laughs> so the, the thing is, is like, at the end of the day, that's such a fundamental Sure. They, uh, it's a fundamental identity to the LGBT community. Yeah. Uh, which I, I absolutely believe the enemy uses that by making that such a big. Because, like, I'm sorry, being straight is not a huge part of my identity. Um, it no. never was. Right. But when you're other LGBT, than the fact that you like sex, yeah, when you're LGBT, it becomes like a huge fundamental part of your, your sexuality because it's a huge part of your identity. Yeah. The enemy uses that. But the thing is, it's like the Holy Spirit will convict people that in time, mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily going to be automatic always. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but then again, on the subject of who we are, um, again, I'm going to be referencing the Bible college again that I went to, because uh, it just comes up a lot, so much in my life, even, even especially now. Uh, who we are in, in Christ, who we are, isn't what we do 
but who, but what he's already done. Right. Um, so in, in the sense, in the lens of Christianity, who we are in Christ isn't defined by our sexuality. Right. But in that, in light of who we are in Jesus, that desire changes. Right. And it's, it, it may not, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a foundational thing now with Christianity the way it is and, you know, Christianity and the church and the LGBT community being at each other's throats all the time. Um, I guess it, it is more kind of an automatic thing that's preached. Right. Sure. Um, but I think right then and there is when God gives us a new heart. Uh, and because it's such, it's preached at such a beginning phase for a lot of uh, people in the LGBT community, you know, that right. have come to Jesus. Um, I think it's very adamant to them now that it, it's a sin only because they're, they ha- they're used to Christians being mean to them all the time. Right. And I think that comes down to the hellfire and brimstone. Right. You know, thing with, oh, you know, you're going to go to hell because – and the thing is, it's like you're not going to go to hell because you're gay. You're going to go to hell because you're separated from Christ. Right. Like at the end of the day, I feel like those people focus on that one sin and it's like that's the – the thing is, is like we don't go to hell – for you know, based on a sin, we go to hell because we're separated from God. Right. We go to we go to hell because we're fallen right. people. And Jesus Christ, he he bridged that chasm, that right. gap. Um, but there's only one way, and that's through Him. You know, He He, he redeemed us to purity. He redeemed us from the nature of the fall and from the nature of sin. I, I posted it on Facebook the other day that at the cross and in, in His own body. Jesus slew the, the dead sin nature that is in us, right? And where He bled on the cross, now His blood purifies us from sin and purifies us from the fall. And based upon the resurrection, which is coming up on Sunday today, for those yeah, we're that are recording on Easter Eve, right? <laughs> we're recording on Easter Eve, but for you guys, it'll be today. So that's the whole idea. the The whole idea with the resurrection of Christ is that we're redeemed to a new life, that we, the godly man, the man of God, the woman of God, has resurrected with him, whoever believes, and he, he has resurrected us. Right. So we're resurrected to a new nature. We're resurrected to a new heart again, a new heart, a new mind. Right. And so... Well, it, it, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm trying to contradict scripture here because I'm not uh, but I, because I believe Paul sets this up very well with his letters you know like one of the things that we do have to recognize is that our physical nature doesn't automatically reflect that that's that's that, that is true that, that, that is true and that's that, that goes back to who we are versus what we do right who who we are in Christ isn't always the things that our flesh wants to do a lot of times didn't Paul say that what I the things I want to do that I don't do right but what I don't want to do, that stuff I do. Exactly. I, I'll, I'm and paraphrasing so, a lot of scripture. Yeah. But, so, uh, so to kind of tie that back around to the LGBT issue, that's the reason why I believe that there can be gay Christians. And I'm and, and I'm not saying I th- I think a, a better, maybe a, a more theologically sound way of putting that is not so much necessarily saying uh, gay Christians. And I think a lot of people, a lot of LGBTQ community is going to bash me for saying this, uh, but. Christians who struggle with homosexuality, um, right. homosexual temptations, 
and things like that. We all do. I mean, God knows I struggle with pornography. I'm trying to get better and I, I've got accountability, but I still struggle. Right. It's gotten better. <laughs> it has gotten better. Right. Again, it, it's a progression of faith. Now, faith. I, I want to kind of push into something um, real quick because we've talked a lot about sexuality. Sure. But what about gender identity? Gender, gender identity. Because here's the thing. I have done a lot of research in gender identity because one of the things that God has put on my heart is the transgender community. Sure. Um, I absolutely love the transgender community. Um, I actually had a friend that committed suicide that was transgender. Okay. Um, that committed suicide because of issues surrounding her transgenderism. So it's something that's very, very sensitive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like, the Bible is actually pretty empty when it comes to references to true transgenderism. Um, now there are stuff like, you know, a, a woman's hair is her glory and man, mm-hmm. that's, you know, some of those more um, cultural type commandments that, mm-hmm. that were made. Uh, but there's nothing about true gender identity just because that wasn't an issue back then. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. Um, and, and we do have to use exegesis with the Bible. Like, believe it or not, people, like this was written in the first century or before, and they're not necessarily going to know that, hey, transgenderism is going to be a thing in the yeah, 21st century. Just like I'm sure uh, Apostle John didn't know that there was going to be fighter jets right. going around <laughs> in the end days. So, you know. So, so gender identity. And, and I want to, I'm going to, I've been, I was thinking like, I'm going to let him get, you know, talk a little bit on it and then I want to hit, but I want to start on this. I want to hit, I want to start on the hardball. Okay. Go for it. Somebody comes into a church. Let's just say our church. We go to Celebration Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Right. We love you guys. Right. Yeah. So somebody comes into Celebration Church. Right. Right. And you can tell automatically that this woman, something looks different about her. Mm-hmm. Right. You get to know her a little bit and you realize that this woman is transgender. Right. But she has gone through the transition process completely and had a phalloplasty. Okay. Or not, not, not a phalloplasty. That's the other way around. That's getting one built. Uh, but right. She has, right. She's, she's, she's had it cut off. Right. She has top surgery where she's had artificial breasts put in. Sure. Um, what do you think our response to that is? Does this, does this transgender woman now need to start living as a man? Or does she continue to live as a woman? Now, that would be something to open up on, in a Facebook discussion forum. <laughs> uh, we This is something we want to hear from you guys, actually, too. Because this right now is a definitely a gray area. Because I've, I've never thought about that. I mean, I have, but in just in passing. You know, okay, so what's this going to be? Um, not everybody ha- has the money to go back and get that special surgery. And especially again. Right. Um, that is a hard one. It is very hard, and, and that's the thing. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Bible doesn't give us a clear cut. You know, step by step, this is what a church needs to do if somebody transgender comes in, right? Um, because Paul, who wrote most of our New Testament, especially our church relations part of the New Testament, uh, it, he didn't have yeah. to worry about that, right? Uh, but. I think we have to fall back on what Jesus said. He gave us two commandments. To love love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's what we got to fall back on. 
And that, 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 that's the root of it all. I think I think the answer will kind of prevent present itself, uh, whether it's whether whether it's theological or it's whether it's just whatever the Holy Spirit leads. Which the Holy Spirit's not going to contradict the Word. Our feelings might sometimes our our feelings that we attribute to the Holy Spirit will a lot of times I'm sure, but at the same time, God gives grace. Right. And uh, so I, I think the ultimate answer to that, for our response anyways, maybe isn't to command but to love. And I think what I think that the, that person in the end will find truth in itself. Right. And, and I think that's one of those things where as that person would be, no, be but, humble before the Holy spirit, right. That, that the Holy spirit's going to direct that person. Yeah. It, you know, and, and the Holy spirit, you know, I'm very much the Holy spirit. Maybe I continue to live as a woman, mm. but the Holy spirit may just as well convict that person. Yeah, and be you need to go back to living as a man, um, and, and the thing, as I mean, best you can in this, at least, right. anyways. And, and I think that some people get a little. Uh, some people don't like that answer whenever I've given it to them sure. before, um, because oh, we need to go to the Bible for the answer. We do, but in this one, yeah, th- for this particular issue, there's no clear cut answer. Right. I mean, we, at this at this point in in scripture, well. I say at this point, like the scripture is still being written. It's not being written anymore. It's It's been completed. I think the only thing that we have to fall back on is what the Bible does say about about homosexuality and things like that. Where God willed us to be who we are and, and the kind of like the kind of gender that we are for a reason. To, right. And it, I, one of those is procreation. There's many other reasons, you know. Um, but again... As far as that goes, that 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 is kind of a gray area, and I, I think our best answer is love them into truth. Right, love them into truth, and you know, love them into a personal relationship with God. Love them to where they want to study the Word, to to want to conquer those fleshly desires to not get into the Word and not understand and things like that. Because with in Christ, I've noticed. And even sometimes when you're outside of Christ and you're reading the word and something just enlightens itself, your mind becomes enlightened to a certain thing. You almost understand it. That's some, some things you got to study and do a little bit of, you know, background check and culture check and things like that. How were things back then when it was written? But ultimately we know that scripture interprets scripture, right? And the scripture itself is not going to lead us into a place that's a lie. It, the, the the scripture for the believer is for is food for us and ultimately to lead us to guide us to know the voice of God and what he's going to be saying more than likely and anything that contradicts what we anything we hear in our mind that contradicts the word we can most definitely assure that, that it's not from God right uh, last thing I want to say on the transgender thing real quick before uh, before we have to go. So we are running out of time, guys. We are. Time flies whenever you have time. Time did fly. I'm uh, surprised here. But one of the things, because um, I want to get I want to get really serious on it for a second. Go for it. Specifically with transgenderism. Um, and, and the rest of the LGBT community gets this as well, but um, transgenderism community gets it more than any others. Um, suicide rates. Suicide for, rates, sure. Um, transgender people is extremely, extremely high. Right. Um, and the thing is, is I always hear that, uh, especially from other Christians, it's like, well, it's a mental disorder and that 
suicide leads the, the but, gender identity disorder. Right. Yeah. And, and and the thing is though is that there are plenty of studies that have shown that if you will accept someone's gender identity, even if it's against what you believe, that person like if the people transgender people who are surrounded by people who accept their gender identity have a much lower rate of suicide than those that around people who won't accept it. And the thing is, it's like, whether you believe that it's a sin, whether you believe it's a mental disorder, whether you believe that it's natural, or you think right. it's okay, whatever. The thing is, is like, people's lives are at stake. Right. And so, be kind. Be and kind. even if it's not what you want to do, please show them the love of Christ by being accepting of their gender identity and like Christian said, loving them into the truth. Or, or maybe maybe an an ideal way to put it. And again, this is perspective. So that's your that's your perspective. Now this would be kind of mine. And I'm I'm sorry if I interrupted. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I think more or less more than just accepting the identity, uh, love them for who they are. Yeah. Love them at where they're at. Love them at the place that they are. How they feel about themselves and things like that. Love them. Love them. Don't feel like you need to coach them all the time. But hey, you know, let's go hang out today. Let's go grab lunch together or whatever like that. We can. We we don't have to discuss theology all the time. Let's right. let's let's go hang out and do something fun. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like even more than their lives being at stake. Let's go get kicked out of a their, restaurant. Their eternity's at stake. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they may be outside of Christ. Right. And if we don't show them that kind of love. You never know. Right. I didn't know. And it happened. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is like, we, we need to be aware of that. Right. When, we, when we're dealing with people in these marginalized communities. Right. And just to clarify, too, you know, Paul said that I'm un, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also the Greek. I'm not saying don't preach and no. definitely don't. Don't I'm not I'm I'm definitely not saying don't preach the homosexual community either. You know, if we're gonna faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and that's ultimately where that's at. Is it, if that seed is planted, the seed has to be planted by love. It does it does have to be planted by love? And if somebody be be bold about being a Christian, be bold. I'm saying that because I mean the world's going to hate you. The world hates the world's going to hate us as Christians. They're going to call us legalists. They're going to call us haters. They're going to yeah bigots. That's the big one today is bigots. They're going to call us bigots. They're going to call us all kinds of other things. Yeah. Well, you, you know, um, the trans, transgender community or the transsexual community is a very small community. Most people interact with maybe five or six transsexual people. Mm-hmm. On a consistent basis, I don't think I in their lifetime. I think I think yeah. I've seen one, and yeah. that of course um, trans. Go ahead. I've, sorry, I've interacted with hundreds, hundreds. I am engrossed in that culture. Right. Um, I go to a convention, which is it's it's still a comic con or a comic convention, but it's in Nashville that is known for its acceptance of the transsexual community. Right. So you, they get a lot of trans people who go. Right. You know, I've been to that convention. I interact with a ton of people who are trans. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I will tell you straight up. Right. I have never, ever had somebody that's transsexual turn down talking about Christ with me. Right. That, that, and part of that is because I always come in with love. 
Not with condemnation. Right. Now, on, on the subject of, of acceptance, I know we have to go here, but I, I do want this to be known here on the podcast, or at least heard on the podcast. The idea of acceptance. In your definition, in your idea of what it is, does accept, acceptance have to do with accepting people's sins? Can we love people like Jesus and hate their sins still? So, I hate the phrasing. I hate that phrase. A lot of people do. Of, I'm I love to you, hate but too. I hate your sin. Uh, because that's just a fancy way of saying I'm going to be a bigot towards you. Okay. Um, Nowadays, now, anyways. But, but that's semantics. Semantics. That's semantics at the end of the day. Um, well, think, this, is, this would be for Christians anyways. Right. So I think for the, as far as acceptance, like, Acceptance does not mean that I have to accept your lifestyle. It does not mean that I have to accept the things you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I won't go into detail, but I do have friends that uh, I'm very much aware that are mm-hmm. some of my closest friends of things that they do that I'm just like, no, mm-hmm. like, I will never be accepting of that. But we're still friends. We still love yeah. each other. We and still I'm, care about each other. I'm that way too. And, and, and that's the thing. Um, yeah, we, you absolutely can be accepting of people without necessarily being accepting of right. everything about them. Right. Um, the, the thing is, though, is part of being accepting towards those people in that way is to accept. Don't throw the things that you don't accept about them in their face all the time. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's, I'm afraid that's what the church does with LGBT. Sure, sure. A lot. Not, not any of you, because I know you guys are super spiritual. Yeah, you guys, you guys are perfect. You guys are so perfect. I wish I was like you all. Maybe I wouldn't struggle with porn so much, but you know. <laughs> well, man, we are absolutely out of time. We today. pushed it. We pushed it today. <laughs> we actually we, we planned on 45 minutes, and we are going just probably about a minute, minute and a half over. Um, Roundabout, yeah. yeah. Christian, do you have any final words before we go? Yes, I want to say that, first of all, Jesus loves every single one of you. He died on the cross for you guys today. Uh, we, we just celebrated Good Friday. That that was on our behalf. And so what I, if there's anything that I want to submit to you, whatever denomination, whatever belief, whatever religious beliefs that you have, whether you're Christian or not, or whether you don't have any religious beliefs at all, you just believe that we're just kind of here. It is our foundational belief that Jesus died on the cross for us right. to come to the Father and that we love you all. Well, Christian, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, before we stop recording, um, and I want to just speak to the audience directly here. Go for it. To, uh, I feel, I, I'm feeling God just, just kind of pushing me to pray for you guys. Absolutely. Uh, Let's in the do audience. it. Uh, so uh, if you would, please don't turn the podcast off yet because I believe absolutely that this is for somebody that's listening. Um, so if you would, just wherever you're at, whether you're in the car, you're sitting at home, quarantined from the COVID, whatever <laughs> it is, like, just bow your head and let's let's pray together. God, just I thank you right now for, for that person that is listening to this. One of the things is we've got to get you out of the box. I feel like you just you just tell me just just say that just get God out of the box. Absolutely, that yeah. he can he can transcend through microphones through time. Mm-hmm. You know, he he will operate in those things. You may be listening to this a year after it's released, and God is speaking to you right now, right through what's Amen. being said. And I, and I feel like God's just asking you to just let him out of that box. Because he wants to do something in your life that you would never believe that he would do. 
that he's getting ready to absolutely blow your mind. God, I'm just I'm just praying that whoever's listening to this right now Amen. that needs that, that they are letting you out of the box, God. I want to thank you for this opportunity to connect with people in an age where podcasts are a thing, where we can do this and reach people in a way that they haven't ever been reached before. God, we thank you for that opportunity. God, I believe that you are going to change lives through this medium. Mm-hmm. God, I believe that you're, you're right now changing lives, whether it's 10 people that ever listen to this podcast. I believe every single one of those people is going to be touched in some way. Amen. God, right now I pray that those that are listening to this are opening their mind and expanding their view so that they can understand you better, God. Amen. We just thank you for the blessings that you pour upon us because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve any of it. But you give it anyways. Right. Amen. Just thank you for that. In yeah. Jesus' name. And one thing that I would I would like to add to that also, Father, for anybody that is struggling, any maybe any Christian who has come out of the LGBT community and is still struggling with sexual sin and uh, still struggling with the temptation of homosexuality, Lord, we lift them up to you, Jesus. Lord, you love them. You love them as they are, whether they're Christian or not, Father God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus dying on the cross and that the cross still stands as a foundation for the believer today to come to Jesus with all of our problems, with all of our sins, Father God, that it has, he has the power to break the chains, Lord. He gave us your Holy Spirit, Lord. So, Father, right now, for anybody struggling, for anybody who's struggling with identity, anybody who's struggling with any kind of sin in their lives, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that the power of God breaks the chains, that the blood of Christ breaks the chains, and that the anointing breaks the yoke of the enemy. Father, we declare that right now over these people, Lord, that they are free in Christ and that they are loved and that they are accepted, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, we absolutely are thrilled that you've joined us for our last episode. Uh, please remember, go first, to the Facebook page. First episode. What did I say? You said last episode. Last. Wow. <laughs> uh, hopefully it's not the last. Lord, I, I'm thinking like the last few minutes. Uh, but thank you for joining us for the first episode. That will not be the last. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the, uh, joining us. Uh, we want to just... You know, we want you to have a blessed day. Please go to our Facebook page. Tell us all the ways you disagreed with me. And if you maybe disagreed with Christian or anything, he didn't say anything too controversial today. Oh, so. oh, I, the, the, you never know. You never know. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we love you guys. Be blessed. <laughs>